This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you're not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know that I'm for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, I know that I know. All right, everyone, welcome back. This is the Soft Wide Vlogcast, episode number 13. We're back after a long week of work. We're working out there, Berkey. War. It is war out there. Of course, it is myself, Christian Soto, a.k.a. Chinayam, a.k.a. I, I, I don't know. That's my only a.k.a. And then it is, of course, Matt Berkey, the man with all the <laughs> nicknames. Berkey 11, Alpha Reg Berkey, Big Bet Berkey. It was almost bracelet Berkey. It wasn't that close. <laughs> <laughs> you made a lot of final tables this summer. I made two. You made, that's a lot. I want a small one. You a want, small side of it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's, I didn't win shit. So, <laughs> you didn't play? Yeah, well, you know, I'm just out here. I'm out on the streets. I bro. made back-to-back final tables. We had an auto swap on if you played. You got nothing. Well, I got... I went to the blogger and won money. So, like, it's mm. fine. It's okay. Mm. Like... There's enough for everybody. That's the, that's the key. That's the key is to make sure that there's enough money in the ecosystem that there's enough for everybody. And that's what right. we're going to talk about today. Sure. All right. Let's get into our first topic. It was pretty much the the story of the week, kind of, right? Like, it's one of those stories that, like, it gets out and then it just catches, like, a little bit of, of fire, right? So, the situation was regarding the G... I would say, let's call it the GD scandal for now, sure. right? So this gentleman, he plays on GG. He deposits. We'll, we'll give the backstory, but effectively, he gets banned from GG and funds confiscated, $180,000. Okay. Right? The initial statement is they just ban him and they don't really give him an explanation. We just have to assume that what he says, right? So what he says is that initially, he like years ago, he played on a different skin of GG, right? And he got banned from that skin. Later, now he sees that GG's a thing. It's a popular name. He says, oh, I want to play. So he deposits. They ask him for all the documentation. He sends it. He plays, pays a bunch of rake, loses, redeposits runs it up and then a gg changes their policy and says we need uh to use real names for high stakes and he's like okay sure i've already sent my, my documentation i'll re i'll redo it again does it again his account gets closed and then they say uh we're not paying you out like and then they negotiate a little bit and then they say we'll give you your initial deposit back and we'll, we're keeping the rest of it yeah the poker Twitters start going crazy. You know how poker Twitter is. They don't fuck around. I've seen it a time or two. Yeah. You're, I feel like you're kind of like leader of poker Twitter. No. You're top five. You're like so. part of the council. Bro, <laughs> it's like Berkey, Matt Glantz. Who else is in there? Galfond. Galfond's in the council. Ingram. Joe Ingram's like the leader of the fucking council. <laughs> Joe Ingram is like chairman. Yeah. <laughs> chairman of the council. And then who else is in there? There has to be one more. There's five people in the council. 
I don't know, man. I feel like I feel I like know. there's a secret advisor. Like Rachel List is the advisor. <laughs> like she's like, she's like the fifth chair, like just sitting in the background, just like I have something to say. <laughs> like, you know? Okay. So the council starts taking a look at it, and they let the people look at it first. The people are like, "What the hell's going on?" Gigi's stealing. Gigi is like, they let people run up stacks and then confiscate it. How how are you gonna let? Uh, someone pay a bunch of rake and then like take all their money, all this stuff. Initially, I was on that side. I was like, well, like, how are you going to let the kid play and then just like take all his money? Like, that seems kind of fucked up, whatever. I don't know. So what are your initial thoughts on it? Like, given, given, given the whole like from the beginning first to the Well, end, I think the right? biggest thing is that we don't know why he was banned to begin with. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it matters to the degree at which he was violating TOS yeah. at that point, yeah, you know, right. was this a bum hunting thing? Was this a cheating thing? Was this an RTA thing? Yeah. Was it a VPN thing? Cause like there's massive degrees here mm-hmm. that are more or less egregious depending upon where he falls on that spectrum. So I think that matters a ton. Yeah. I think that, you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt that he was negle- uh, like negligent and didn't realize that, they were affiliated sites is fine. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's like, we don't have to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like right. GG certainly doesn't have to give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I think the skin game is a little bit weird. Like I could see people saying, okay, I can see a recreational player saying like, I don't know. Yeah. But like this guy's playing like pretty high stakes. Like, yeah. I, he's playing those ways. It's I pretty tough know. not to know that they're affiliate sites. Right. It seems like, I don't know. Maybe. Although it's, I it's personally, nice. although it's, personally, I don't know any of the other GGs. Like I know you're not uh, even playing on one GG skin, right, right. on the other ones, right? But like I would, I would think like okay, black chip poker is part of ACR. Like I kind of know that. Uh, I know true poker is part of ACR. Like I, I, I know that it's all like the WPN network, right? Um, okay, so let's let's play let's play the hypothetical game, right? Sure. He is banned for VPN. Okay. Now what? Uh, now I think that it's unfair that they don't pay him out. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, they should have flagged his account. They should have given him a stern warning and said, look, you've already been banned from one of our skins. Uh, you're not permitted to play here because you violated TOS for this minor infraction. Take your money and get out. Do you think PokerStar should have done that with Gordon Vale? No, because they were, it's different. Poker Star, well, maybe maybe I'm I'm making a case against my own argument here, but Poker Stars was hypercritical of VPN accounts because they're a regulated site in Jersey mm-hmm. and they're attempting to get regulated elsewhere in America. Right. To my knowledge, GG's not. Yeah. Um, right. <clears throat> but with the current ties with WSOP and uh, the potential opportunity to have uh, a, a, an opening in the landscape in Nevada and New Jersey, maybe they are. And maybe now that is a bigger infraction. Um, the fact, basically, the fact that they let him play for so long, if it were a VPN infraction, I think constitutes them just paying him out. Uh, and I kind of feel that way about Stars too, in the sense that like they probably let Veo play forever, yeah, until yeah. we finally won, right? And they were just like ping, you know. I think that's the like what's happening a lot. Like a lot of people are like, okay, why are you just like waiting? But but Veo would have gotten paid out if he didn't take it to court. Is that is that what you think? 
that's what I know. The oh. only people from my knowledge, and I could be wrong on this, maybe I'm I'm not quite doubted enough, but I know enough people who got pinged for VPNing. The only people who didn't get paid to my knowledge is Schindler and Veo wow. because they made a public stink about it oh. where they tried to deny until they could die publicly and stars just like they're like no put them right. to the test everybody else just had to wait a really long time where stars was basically saying like we're not giving you your money we're not giving you your money we're not giving you your money we're going to donate it to charity and then like 18 months later they're just like all right like make this go away mm-hmm. take your money you're never allowed on the site again you're banned for life yeah but here you go but here you go yeah yeah so they made they try to make like examples out of like veo and schindler then i, I think that their hand was forced. Yeah, yeah. Because Once like it becomes the, public. Right. They can't like Now go they back. can't go back right. because they are a regulated site and they have to try to adhere to these laws. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Okay. Now let's play the game of he was bum hunting. Mm-hmm. Let's describe bum hunting. And you, what, are you, what do you think bum hunting is? So from my perspective, it would be utilizing unfair edges in order to... Uh, win your unfair share of EV from losing players. Yeah. So that's that includes seat scripting. That includes um, you know basically seat anything hopping. Yeah, seat hopping, buttoning people. Uh, basically anything that's going to give you some sort of EV advantage that isn't naturally fair to the game. How about sitouts? I mean, for me, like this is a bigger deal live than online. I think because um, games will just break online, and you have a lot to choose from in most environments. But like live, this used to happen all the time when I was grinding Bellagio in like the mid 2000s. Um, there'd be two games of 10-20. The main game would be amazing. The must move would be six-handed. And three guys just wouldn't want to play short. So they would sit out. And then suddenly, two of the other guys don't want to play three-handed. So now the game goes down. But though and then, you, they, then they get on the list they get, exactly yeah. though you were willing to battle yeah. you don't automatically become first on the list that sucks they had the option right. once it was five-handed or less they had the option to just sit out and, and maintain their position on the list That's, so it's like you have to as an operator do things to yeah. curb that type of behavior yeah it's like i'm willing to play he's not willing to play i should go first on the 100%, list 100 percent. 100 percent. it's what, not even close that, yeah i hate when that happens, that yeah, happens it, it was brutal it, it was like to the point where uh you know i i stopped I would I would move down to five ten uncapped often, um, when that scenario would arise. Like if I couldn't just be in the main game whenever I got there, I would just go elsewhere and play five ten uncapped because the game wasn't that much smaller and you didn't have to deal with the bullshit. Yeah. So uh, that's been one of the major topics. Like, did you get a chance to read Olivier Bousquet's post? Yeah. So I actually messaged him and I said like, "Hey, uh, read your post and I have some some thoughts." Like about it or i want your thoughts about it right because mm-hmm. he gave he gave all his thoughts and then he i said like hey like i've been in situ like i've been in situations where i definitely haven't been like good for the game yeah. you know like um but it's not my normal stake like i said like if i'm like what are your thoughts on like not like putting on the straddle not like like effectively like trying to keep the game as tame as possible when you're shot taking and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then he responded with, well, it's like, he said, everything you're doing is fine. Like it's, it's, it's what's happening is that it's more of a mindset rather than analyzing each individual situation. Mm -hmm. So like if you, cause I said, I'm not a reg in the game. Like if, if I'm shot taking, I'm not a reg in the game. He's like, it's the responsibility. He said, it's the responsibility of the regs to maintain that like ecosystem yeah. right and then he's like 
if it's clear you're shot taking, the regs know you're shot taking. Yeah. Right. It's like it's not if they're like forcing you to do things like that's bad on them too. Yeah. Right. Because like you're there just like trying to like move up and actually they should I understand. Want you I understand though the perspective of the reg. Like yeah. they don't want you there. Mm. You know, you're, you're a net negative to the environment because you are kind of crippling uh, what they're attempting to foster. So you're making it more difficult for them to foster that gambling environment and, and maintain the ecosystem. And then on top of that, uh, you're, you're just like a net neutral. So like you're, you're really only just like reaping EV without risking much, right? Like this is, we're definitely, I'm definitely risking personally, but not to the game environment. Right. right? So this is like crazy to me. When I first started getting invited to the big game, I couldn't figure out why they would ever let me come back because I was fixed. The most they could ever get out of me was going to be 200,000. Right. But like I might run it to the moon and that seems like a huge risk reward from that. Now, obviously they, kind of foreshadowed more than I could myself. I ended up coming up with 5 million. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, if you if you actually do groom somebody to move into the next stakes and you think that they are going to be a good reg for the environment, they'll find the funding and they yeah. will become yeah. a little more comfortable. But like, you know, whenever these shit regs take a shot at 1020 or like I've been playing a, l- a little bit of 50, 100 here and there, uh, and you could just see that there's like always two five ten players in the game who sold eighty percent right. and have like a bullet and a half, and it's just like, oh man, I mean, the most we can get out of these guys is fifteen k, yeah, yeah, and like they're playing so goddamn tight and so you know, such a plus EV strategy in a loose environment mm-hmm. that like they just stand to win money, yeah, and yeah. they're they're really it's not like we don't have a list, right? You know, the only good thing is that they're taking up a seat from like a killer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I, and that's happened to me like a couple of times. It, it, it I've learned, so I've learned. We're gonna get back to GG, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I've learned that it's uh, it's one of those things that it. When he told me like it's more of a mindset, I kind of understood because it's like okay, I know, like it's annoying. Like what, like so, let's say I'm playing ten twenty or five ten or whatever, and I see someone that I know plays like. Two five. I know he's gonna play tight, but at the end of the day, I know that long term, like we need people to move up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So it's like it's okay. Like he's gonna play tight. I can I understand. I'm gonna exploit him in some ways and things like that. As long as he's not bad for the environment in like a really like cutthroat way. Like I'm gonna take that seat. Like that that stuff doesn't even bother me as much as like short stacking. The minimum buy-ins on uncapped games have to change. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing worse. Yeah. Than somebody who's taking a shot for 40 bigs. No, you can't do that. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. We're sitting 500 blinds deep. Like, there are situations where Rex are cold calling three bets for, like, 30 blinds pre, and that's your stack. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want you waking up with jacks. nines or just jacks like there. Jacks. Yeah. Like, oh, double up. Yeah, like, it's just like, go home, man. Yeah, like, yeah, th- that's annoying. Can't have this. That's annoying. Okay. So, let's assume that coming back to the bump hunting and things like that. So let's assume he was bumping. Let's assume he was like uh, sitting out as soon as the VIP leaves. Yep. He was switching seats. He was, uh, you know, scripting, scripting, buttoning, all the things that like people are saying, like, you just, we don't want people doing this anymore. Yeah. He gets banned initially on the first site. Comes back on this, on this site, real names. Maybe he's not even doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Not what? Yeah, I mean, again, like to me, this is an oversight on GG's behalf as much as it is is him maybe trying to fly under the radar. So I I would probably 
determine whether or not I was going to pay him out based on what his behavior had been since he came back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gigi's not offering a uh, probation period, but he kind of like by default got one. So I think it's worth them doing their due diligence and and just analyzing his play and seeing if it's cannibalistic to the environment. And then if it is not, would your stance be like, okay, let him play? Or would your stance be like, you're still banned? Here's your money, though. I, I don't know the purpose behind their policy is the thing. So like for me, it would just be like, all right, well, fuck it. Let him play. Like He's not doing anything wrong. He's clearly gotten mm-hmm. more wise over the years. Like It's fine. But I don't know why they make the policies the way that they do. I don't know what the incentive is behind it. If it's literally to keep out winning players, then they don't really need much cause to banish him. So it's like, you know, we can run through all these what-if scenarios all day long, but at the end of the day, if they just don't want another winning player on their site, it's well within their rights to deny him service. And the fact that he already had a strike against him where he was already banned on a previous skin means that they don't have to pay him the money he want. All right, ban the fucking guy. What? What? All right, I want to move on from this topic, but I do have some closing thoughts. Fedor makes a statement, mm. right? He's... Probably one of the more well-known guys on their site, right? Like, and also just like, I guess, the most polished, I would say. Sure. Like, um, he makes a statement and Joey responds with like, that's not good enough. Uh, Joey Ingram responds with like, that's not good enough. Yeah. Then after that, we see a statement from like the one of the top heads of, of GG saying effectively like, this isn't for pros. This site is not for pros. Yeah. Right. If you want to be a pro, like go somewhere else. That's a big statement from a poor site. Yeah. What, what do you think there? I mean, indirectly, it's what Stars did, what, six, seven years ago, whenever they got rid of Supernova Elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that, you know, it, in essence, there's less of a villain or, or there's less vilification taking place here uh, because precedent had already been set with Stars. And GG is hosting the biggest tournament series yeah. going on right now. And on top of that, the games are really good. And though pros are being disincentivized, they were never incentivized to begin with. So they didn't have something taken away. But the, don't you see, like right now what we're seeing is like these mega high state games, right? Like mm-hmm. 500,000, 2,000, right? And it's just like Schindler, Ike, uh, Limitless, like Makita. And it's like, what do you mean this site's not for pros? Like, What are you talking about? Yeah. But that's, when you get to those stakes, that's rare air. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and like, yeah, sure. Pros are playing it, but it's just like all high stakes games. Pros just facilitate the action mm-hmm. or, or I guess facilitate the. They, they have they you need pros. Yeah. They necessitate the environment. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, the games are running around a select group of people that are there for sport. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I want to go back to the live environment maintenance. Right. So I did make it. I was, I've been playing a lot of. Uh, 510 Bellagio and, and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, we were playing and there was a straddle going, right? It was, so it was five, it was 510, right? The game was 510, but not, nah, you know, what's, what, what's the plate is just there for, you know, because the gaming, sure, <laughs> like, like gaming and regulation and things like that. But like what's really happening is like the people are running the game, yeah, right? What what's that thing like the asylum? The, the, Don't let the inmates run the asylum. <laughs> yeah, 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 like the inmates are running the asylum right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> sure. This game is out of hand. Yeah, right. So we're playing five, ten, twenty, five, ten, twenty, forty. Sometimes everybody's like sneaking on the little yellows, a little bit of black, like whatever's mm-hmm. in your pocket is coming on the table, right? Sure. Uh, maybe you go to the cashier with a little five hundred, come yeah. back and like 
right <laughs> hit them with the with whatever in the dealer you throw a little five and they go like this yeah that's easy right yeah okay so it's all good um game's good whatever i see my man his nickname face palm right mm-hmm. comes in the game uh it's like yo we're playing five ten twenty like i'm thinking he's a reg right I'm like, okay, it's chill. Like, it's facepalm. Like, he's good. Like, I was happy to see him. I'm like, I don't have to explain what's happening. Right? That's what, That was, like, the main thing. I was like, okay, I really don't want, like, some, like, reg that's going to, like, be like, now. Yeah. Right? So, I'm like, I'm like, oh, chill. Like, yeah, what's up? Like, and I'm like, yeah, we're playing 5, 10, 20. And then he's like, oh, you guys can straddle, but I'm not going to straddle. I hate him. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you should just get the plate changed. Yeah, yeah, I could. But no, then, you're 100% But sure. the problem is that there was two games, mm-hmm. right? And there was also a 10-20 game running. Mm-hmm. So, like, what happens now? Like, there's two 5-10 games. And I don't know. It's, like, a weird situation. Right, like, does it become a 10-20 must move? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm like, well, like, what are you what are you talking about, man? Like, And then, then he, like, pulls me to the side and says, like, Hey, uh, like, why would you want to like shorten your edge like by putting the straddle on? And I'm like, looking at him like, well, you know, like there is no cap. Like, effectively, I told him that. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, I see. And then he's just like, he goes back and still doesn't do it. Like, he he kills the straddle. The straddle's dead. So then, this kid on my right. I'm between two fucking guys that are tilting the shit out of me right now. Sure. Like the kid on my right sitting with a big ass pouch, like, like taking chips out of there every time. He says, I'm not straddling if he's not straddling. And I'm looking at him like, you're stuck $5,000. Why are you <laughs> killing the straddle? Why are you trying to make the game smaller? Yeah, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. who has your action? Like, are you going broke? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm tilted. Yeah. So now the two VIPs within half an hour rack up and leave. Of course. Of course. They just left. They'll find action elsewhere. I was, listen, it was. The uh, sick thing is you played for six hours after that. Well, I have to destroy these two. <laughs> like I have to, now I am so mad. I am literally like telling them like, what did you just do? Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Like. So tell me what I should do in this environment. Because like the V the VIPs are literally sitting like they're deep. Like Yeah, I mean it's six handed. It's you and two VIPs, so that's already half the table that you have in your favor. I just think you get the plaque changed. I know you run the risk of it becoming a must move to the other game, but who cares? Right? Like I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you listen, before we get into all this, but I'm I'm sorry to cut you off, but like there's some people that are actually good people. Sure. You know why? There was two tables going and I had a choice between either table. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was going to go to table 30 because I'm like, oh, I know these guys. They're not good. Whatever. And then my man in seat six goes, hey. And I'm like, what's up? Like thinking he's just going to say something about the vlogcast or whatever, you know, because, uh, you know, people like and subscribe to vlogcast all the time, <laughs> as you should right now. <laughs> If you haven't liked and subscribe, this is the time to do it, or else I'll stop the story right now. Mm. All right, since you already liked and subscribed, share it with your friends. I'll continue. He's like, "Hey, Christian, right?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he goes, "Yeah, this is good. This is a seat right here." And I'm like thinking, like, 
you don't think I'm a fish. Like, what, what are you asking me for? He's like, he's like, no, see, see right here. And I'm like, all right, I know what he means. So I go sit and the, it's like, it's like, yo, we're playing a uh, five, 10, 20. It's sometimes 40. <laughs> and I'm like, my man, like, let's go. Like, I know why this is happening. Yeah. And then I look around and I'm like, yeah, I know why this is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, okay, that's what's up. Like the kid, he knows I'm willing to gamble it up with him. Like if it's a good spot, you know? Yeah. So he looked out and I'm, and then like later on, he's like, he's like, I got you. Right. And I'm like, I owe you one. And that was it. And yeah. like, I do, I owe him one. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. He like pulls me to the side later. He's like, he's like, yo, we, we should have like, we should have done something. I don't know what. Yeah. hundred like, percent. I, it's not clear what you should do, but you have to do something. Tell me what I should do, you Bert. Just, You're I, an OG of the I, game. You're I mean, part of the council. I mean, the thing is, it's tough, right? You have masks on. You have a divider. It's really hard <laughs> to fucking rip somebody a new one at the table and just embarrass them, right? Like, in the old days, I say the old days, you know, like, in the mid-2000s, you would just fleece this person verbally. I mean, you would just undress him yeah. in the moment and just be like, you fucking coward. There are six people here that want to gamble, and you don't. Take your shit to the one-two tables. Like, get out of here. And then, like, you know, if, if that doesn't move the needle at all, like, you have other... The thing is, is, like, once you start playing that next stake level higher, you can always change the game. Yeah. The game can just always be changed because there's no other game above it, mm -hmm. right? So it's just, like, adding that third blind or adding an ante or adding anything makes it a unique game where yeah, you don't yeah. have to worry about a feeder table. It's difficult when you're at 510. Yeah. Because they're not going to run a 510-20 when there's a 10-20 going. Right, right, right. Like, they can't have two separate games that are the same stake. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that becomes difficult, but it's almost worth it cutting off your nose to spite your face in that sense, where it's like, fuck these two. Yeah. Right? Like, don't know what's going to happen. The VIPs may get moved to this other table, and they're going to reap the benefit from it. But at the end of the day, these two won't. And that's all you should care about at that point. That's true. That's true. I was like... Oh man, I was so happy every time they lost a pot because they like then like the VIPs left and now I'm like you guys are fucked. I'm gonna take all your money. <laughs> like now I don't even care because now you're my VIPs. Yeah, like you're 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 dead. Yeah, like, yeah, you already showed you're scared. It's like I'm, I'm gonna take the fucking pouch home with me. Yeah, man, I was man, it was something like it it was really something. But yeah, I I, I wanted to bring it up because to me. I feel like, okay, if I walk into that environment, like literally if I walked into an environment that I'm like, I'm not willing to do what they're willing to do. Like just, I would be nice enough to just leave. Like yeah. I, I would just be yeah. like, yo, like, okay, fine. Like, I mean, there are some times where it does more harm than good to kick up the stakes too far. Oh, for sure. I've so seen like, that uh, for example, last night we were playing in a private game and we were playing, it started as 2551, turned into 51-2. No big deal. Everybody's sitting somewhere between 20 and 100K. Game's pretty good. I was on the 20. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, and I was I was mashing. I had piles. I had like 150K in front of me, right? Mm -hmm. So like it's of no concern to me what stakes we play. I, I'm comfortable playing double if need be. Kid to my right is buried and continually puts on the four and demands that I put on the eight. And then will continually put on the eight and demands that I put on the 16. And it's like, I don't care about, I don't, I don't even care if I'm the only one doing it, mm -hmm. right? Like I, if he were a sport about it and like what it was, it was part of his enjoyable experience. I would just do it. I would just play along, whatever. But there were two things occurring. Number one, he was being a, a I hate to frame it this way because he got buried. Right. But like he was being a bad loser. Right? Like he was just bemoaning everything. Nothing was ever going to make him happy. 
So like kicking the stakes up wasn't making him happier. It was just making him lose faster. And that doesn't necessarily make me make me happy either. Because it's like I, I, I don't mind seeing pain at the at the hands of the game playing out. Yeah. But like whenever he just gets it to a point where it's so shallow that he's shoving four big blinds yeah. for another buy in for like twenty K over and it's over. It's not fun anymore. Yeah, it's not fun. He's just rocketing it off. Um and, and you know, it is what it is. Like again, that wasn't my primary concern. My primary concern was just like keeping the integrity of the game intact. Yeah. And for some people, like it starts to get a little bit uncomfortable. For others, the big thing was that it hurt the action. Yes. There's yes. no more opens. You can't. Right? Yeah. Like now it's just folding to the 800 every time that I have the 16 on. Right. And like that's a really good spot for me. And now I'm being the cannibalistic one by being to the left of the oh. guy who's demanding that I put on the 16. And rocketing. He's yeah. Just, yeah. It's just like I'm the one fair catching every single time. And it's like that sucks. So it's like I just kept being the hard ass where I'm just like, no, I'll put on the four every time. I'll put on the four every time. I don't yeah. care. Right? And he's like, do the eight, do the eight. It's like, nah, man, I'm a nit, right? And it's like, I'm turning myself into the bad guy for the betterment of the game. And I think that that's really critical to that's be able smart. to recognize those spots rather than being a chiseler saying like, yo, if I put on the eight, this dude to my left is never going to put on the 16. It's almost always going to fold to the two or the four. And I'm just going to be and heads up in a position. spot where we're 30 blinds effect. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's not good. That's, that's, it's interesting because that's happened to me. Uh, in in games where it's just like sometimes the straddle hurts the game. Like, yeah, yeah. There's certain environments where like certain people are like right on the cusp of like being uncomfortable, and they'll still gamble with you at this stake. But like if you double the stakes, right. now they become tight. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like oh man, like the game's actually worse. But like like some of the pros are like oh put the straddle on because they want to play like yeah they think that is demanding more action. It's actually I, I went to Bellagio with you a couple days ago to play fifty a hundred, and you told me that there was a VIP that was playing five ten twenty with you that was really really good for the game. Yeah, he was in my game and he was just rock tight. Yeah, like only hands he showed were ace queen plus, and you know he lost like a couple thousand dollars, but it was very very abundantly clear the game was far too big for him yeah yeah that's what happens some like it's just at certain stake levels people are this at certain stake levels people are that like, yeah the risk tolerance remains the same mm -hmm. he's willing to lose twenty thousand. the difference is at 5 10 20 20 000 goes a hell of a long way yeah, yeah. and you can do a lot of creative <laughs> things with it yeah at 50 100 sometimes 200 20 000 is a hand that guy was amazing like that, I, when i play with him he's slow he's slow rolled me in like a chop pot that was a it was like a wild hand where like I check shove the flop on king nine seven two clubs, and then he's like, I call like he snapped, and then he's like, you must have a really really good hand, and I'm like, I don't, I have one pair. He's like, hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what does mm mean? <laughs> I'm like, oh god. He's like, I'm like twice or once. He's like, I don't care. I was like, I don't care, but I'll do whatever you want. He's like, oh no, just once. And I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck, he has like a set. Like, yeah. He's like, I said one pair. He's like once. Yeah. And then he's like, he goes like break, break. I'm like, he's king. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I have that hand. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this guy's funny, man. This yeah. guy's awesome. But, but yeah, man. Like these things, you know, these environment things. Like, you know, I, I bring it up because, like, okay, the online environment. Like, GG's trying to try things to maintain the environment, right? Olivier is making these statements like trying to say like, okay, this is what the environment should look like. And now that I've gotten into like some private games, like whatever, like for me, I've learned like, okay, like this is the money I brought, like whatever. Like yesterday I had $40,000, right? And I was like, I could probably borrow more if I need it. Like, but right now this 40,000 is in play in whatever way 
that the this environment is telling me to do it. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not gonna like not do something. Yeah. You know, to try to like eke it out. Like they had the 32 on at one point. They had the 64 on Berkey. <laughs> I was lucky that I was in the 200. Okay. Yeah. Like I was, I was in the 200. I was like, thank God, thank God, I'm in the 200 because. I would have had to put the... Tw- I'm always the fucking 64 <laughs> in that spot. I'm always the 64. I was like, I'm in the 200. There is a, there is a God. Because, like, I mean, I would have done it if I was in like the 60. Actually, no. You know what? They respected me. You know why? Because when it got to the 32, the dude was being hesitant. And I said, I'll give you half. Okay. And they were like, like oh, the kid got some balls, huh? And I was like... I'm Berkey's friend. <laughs> we hate money here. Yeah. And then they threw the 32 and then Lynn put the, I think Lynn put the 64 and then they didn't make me have to pay half. Oh, that's nice. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad I said it though. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would have paid it, but like, I would have been like, ah, yeah. Um, yeah. The 64 went on. That was literally the biggest like I, hand of poker I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, um, so how in in all your years right like you're known to be like good for the game and and like good to have in the game you're like one of the only pros that actually gets invited to like games right um when you see these type of things like like do you agree with olivier that it's more of a like it's just a mindset like how would you for some i think for most though they're just chiselers right like he's right whenever you're shot taking yeah but like most people's lives are just shot takes ah i see and they just turn themselves into chiselers, right? <clears throat> like, uh, in all the years in Ivy's room, we saw it a hundred times where a 510, 1020 reg, 1020, 25-50 reg finally got the green light to come in to come in and take a seat. Yeah. And, you know, he sold action to 25 of his friends and they're all pumped and they're all railing it. Yeah. And, like, you know, he he just treats it the way he treats every other single spot and he's just trying to chisel every piece of EV. And, you know, especially like when you're on a short roll, that doesn't work. It doesn't work for a few reasons. Number one, you upset the environment that you're in. Yes. So people are very aware that you're a chiseler very quickly. And uh, it puts unguarded people on guard, right? Like you never want the businessman to be aware of the fact that you are looking to carve out every single cent that you possibly can. Even though when you enter a poker game, the default mindset is that's the case, right? But that's not the case when you go behind the glass doors. The, the, the default mindset is that it's going to be a give and take and an exchange of, uh, I guess, like gamble in mm-hmm. a sense. And the person who's best at navigating that land landmine is going to be the one who benefits the most, right? That's why JRB is JRB. Jeremy's the god. Yeah, it's just like, you know, he understands how to navigate the exchange of EV in a sense where it's like, I'll give you a jingle here in order to ensure that you remain happy and keep losing your couple hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, yeah. Right? I was I was in a I was in a pot with uh a person yesterday that owns a lot of crypto. Mm-hmm. And my man likes to gamble. Mm-hmm. He he likes to gamble. The only he just wants to see the five cards. Yeah. And win. I like that. whatever. Right. But he was losing. He was losing a lot. And I was, and I really liked like I really liked the guy. Like he's just like really good. Right. And I and I think he was like on his last he was like on one of his last bullets. Like probably his last bullet, whatever. And I get aces, right? And he opens. And I'm like, I look down, I'm like blade. I'm like, oh boy. 
And I look at his stack and I'm like, okay, like, so I three bet him really big. This guy's not going to fold. Right. Yeah. And he calls and I'm like, I'm going to give you an option. We could check it down so you can see all your five or we can play the pot. It's your call. And he's like, yeah, check it down. And I show him aces and he's like, I like you. (laughs) He's like, like, I like you. We see all five and he, he misses and everything. He's like, he's like, no one's ever done that for me. And I'm like, I'm like, no one's ever done it for me either. Yeah. That's the big thing is that like, uh, no, no one, no one goes the cooperative route, Mm -hmm. right? It's very rare that somebody in this sort of ecosystem views the game through a long-term lens where it's like, I'm going to be willing to stick my neck out and do something that harms my short-term EV. Uh, and also something that I can't guarantee the favor will ever be returned right. for me on. Right. But in doing that, you, you show to the, to the collective that this isn't just a cannibalistic game where we're trying to eke out every single cent of EV possible. Because if you have a skill edge, you're already recouping your, your unfair right. share. Right? right. Especially if it's a major skill edge. And now all of a sudden, if you do have that skill edge, but you're offering a little bit of a, a kickback to those that you hold over, yeah. you suddenly find yourself in these environments more frequently, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you're just allowed to be a part of the boys club in a situation where like they're shutting out the the children of the sim. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? And it's just like, we don't want them because they have no interest in gambling with us. They only have interest in fleecing us. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels bad. It feels bad in the moment. You know what I mean? It feels like so predatory in the moment. And it's it's not it's nothing against people who have worked really hard to know what the absolute correct play is in every single situation. Yeah, I mean, I want to know the correct play too. Like we all yeah. do. Like it's it's just it's just realizing that like once you know what the correct play is and knowing that you can deviate a little bit left or right of center and not sacrifice that much but keep somebody a lot happier. You just do it. Yeah. You know, I talk about this a lot. Like there were many people who came through Ivy's room that were good for the game, in my opinion. Guys I've loved playing with. Marcus is one of my favorite humans. Poker aside, he's like literally one of my favorite humans to even speak to. But also he just battles in mm-hmm. game, right? He sits super deep. He puts you to tough decisions. But like, you know, you have businessmen in there like Bob Bright, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of like some of the the older guys who came through. You know, they're used to playing friendly poker. Mm-hmm. And when I say friendly, I don't mean that no one gets hurt. I mean that you know, there's a certain structure to betting. Yeah. And you don't see three x over bets and, right, and right. shit of that nature, right? So it's like when you find yourself in a situation and you're Marcus and you have the decision between betting full pot versus Bob Bright on the river, knowing that you're getting max value and that he's gonna call, or having the option to bet 3x pot because it's the correct play and he calls it the exact same frequency, meaning you earn more money. Right. But you alienate him in the process. Choose full pot all time. Every single time. That's Choose 80% over 125. If you know that you're still getting called at the same frequency, you're only losing a little bit of money in the short run, but he's very content paying off a better hand for 80% as opposed to having the distaste in his mouth feeling like he was just pantsed mm-hmm. whenever you bet 125. It's true. It's 100. That's that's straight facts. I didn't overbet at all yesterday until we got three-handed with two regs, and I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. I was like, all right, check raise, overbet. Yeah, you just bet. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, man. And that, it's it's a it's an interesting topic because it, it's one that I think intrigues people where it's like, what happens in these games? Yeah. You know, like what is going on? Why don't I get invited? Why does Berkey get in? 
You know, it's like there are like so many, so many different languages being spoken at the same time, right? There's the conversion of math to actual language and then the implementation thereof. There's the exchange of pain mm-hmm. that's taking place and trying to mitigate that where you're both a gracious loser and uh, a tolerable winner, mm-hmm. right? And and maintaining, <clears throat> I'm not saying maintaining even killness. People don't want that either, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, I, I'm sure if you ever like ask JRB or whatever, they'll say like, you know, Berkey's a really good loser. But I'm a good loser in the sense that I let you torture me a little bit when I'm down, yeah. right? I let it be known that I'm fucking getting crushed. Yeah, yeah. And it's not in a belly aching kind of way. It's just in a way where you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor at that point at my own expense. And I can tolerate that, right? It's like I can make myself the butt of the joke when I'm stuck more money than I'm actually physically worth. No, I understand. And there's a little bit of empathy that gets exchanged there. And like, you know, you get into the good graces of other people by being able to speak to them on a language that they can understand because they've all been there. Yeah. They've all been buried. They've all had case money at some point in some venture in life. Maybe not at the poker table but in some business venture or something else. And like, you know, especially like for most of the guys I was playing with are older than me. Right. So Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're beyond peers. They're guys that in a lot of ways in a business world, I look up to. So it's like whenever they can see you remaining somewhat poised and uh, you know, self deprecating and, and maintaining your wit about you whenever everything's going to shit and then in turn showing a little bit of grace when everything is going your way mm-hmm. and you know you're you're achieving expectation or there beyond right there's a there's a you know a level of respect that gets exchanged there yeah that feels really good in the sense that you know that you belong now right <laughs> like you're never going to lose that seat because of the things that you do or don't offer to the game right you're only ever going to lose that seat because there are more VIPs than there then, are you. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, yesterday it was a really unique situation. Like, I lost, I got cooled off a lot, right? And I was like, damn, this sucks, like, whatever. Um, but, like, I, I lost Kings versus Aces against some guy, and then, like, we went for, we were still playing four handed. And the kid on my right, who's like, he's a pro, but, like, probably not, like, top tier pro. And he's like, hey, I don't want to play anymore. Like, yeah. you guys are, like, too solid. Um, um well first he said that guy's a super nit and like and and you guys are like just pretty solid right and i'm like all right cool like whatever it's all good um man i remember your forehanded and i i honestly can't pick out which one was the super nit because i i think it could be all three (laughs) (laughs) i'm with you man i understand but then like he like he saw me lose the kings versus aces and like it was a big pot it was like 60k and like i gave the kid a pound and i'm like yo it's all good like nice hand like i'll see you at the bellagio whatever yeah um and then like he leaves, whatever, comes back and he's like, yo, like I, that was really cool. Like you took a while, like I, I, and you know, you're just like having fun right now. Like, and I'm like, yeah, man, like whatever. It's all good. Like it's another hand of the day. Like meanwhile, I'm fucking like, oh my God, <laughs> like, <laughs> like why not? Why today? <laughs> like, like, like why not at like 510, like right. <laughs> or 1500? That's why. Yeah. It's like 60K. Like why now? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Whatever. Um. But yeah, I mean, you take it well. Like, of course it hurts, but like, it's part of the, like, we all know what we signed up for. Like, I knew in there, like, it can happen, right? But I did want to talk about one thing, right? Like, a lot of, like, me, I would consider myself, like, me, like, I'm not, I'm not part of the scene, right? Like, I'm just, like, trying to get in the scene. And one of the things, like, I've learned, like, from you, from, like, some of the other people, like, they're kind of, like, guiding me through the, through the process of, like, you know, being not the child of the sim, right? One of the posts I made, right, 
And one of the reasons I was like not even like allowed at first in like these kind of games or like specifically this game <clears throat> was because one time and I made this tweet, I told the story. I was in I was in DC. You left a pretty key part of the story out. What? Go on. No, that was in a different tournament. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, maybe it was the same. No, it was the same tournament. You're right. Yeah. But that was funny. Look, I was pissed. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so I was in D.C. We were playing. It was a $2,700 tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the field was really good. Like, it was a really good field. It was the first event they ever ran there, uh, MGM National Harbor. And we're nearing the bubble, right? <clears throat> so I have uh, my friend at the time, friend slash coach, whatever, who's teaching me tournaments. He's like, oh, when you get to the bubble, like, you have to tank unless you have all the chips. So I'm like looking at the clock and I'm like, okay, like we're nearing the bubble. Like we're like 1% out. Right. And I just start banking like from 1% out, which means I like killed you means that's like, it could be like 10 people. Bro, I, I had the floor standing over your fucking shoulder. So like, I'm literally banking 30. Yeah. I'm Alex Keating like, did this to me in the main event. 150 people out of the money. Yeah. It <laughs> was crazy. Five hours. That's insane. And he got the whole table to collude with him. It was literally me, him, and seven wrecks. And he got the other seven wrecks to agree that we would all stall until we got into the money. That's insane. I was losing. Obviously, I had all the fucking chips. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was losing my goddamn mind. I was so angry. It's the, it's the year he went deep. <laughs> See, this, the guy's a sim. The guy's a fucking sim. All right, so I start, like, banking hard, right? Because... For me, it's like I don't play tournaments that much. Yeah, it's a big turn for me. Twenty seven hundred at the time is a big buy-in. Mm-hmm. Like to, you know, like my average buy-in was like sixteen hundred. So this is almost double uh, my buy-in. So now I'm like, okay, twenty seven hundred, like pretty soft field. I would like to catch the tournament. Like it would be nice, right? I also I'm in DC. I'm not even like in my home field. Like I traveled here, right? Yeah. So whatever. Um, <clears throat> and then I'm like, okay, cool. Like, and I start banking thinking that's like, you know, I'm a child of the sim. Like I'm supposed to be banking, right? Like that's what like the pros do. And I am a pro, sure. right? Look at my cards. Just like Jack deuce off. Just like. Oh God, I would have murdered Look at you. all the stacks. I would have murdered you. Look at all the stacks. How can you do this? Every hand. Then somebody raises my big blind. I have to think. Right. It's like, and then, okay. So obviously this is like happening, right? Like, yeah. and I'm, I'm obviously tanking. Like it's a thing. Like it's what it's, it's, I'm not proud to say it now, but like, that's what I was told to do. That's literally like, I watched a fucking upswing video where, what, what was the guy's name? The, the Indian kid. Oh, um, Pratush. Pratush. Yeah. Pratush Badiga literally yeah. says it in the video. Like, you're losing EV if you don't tank. Like, it's the how you're supposed to do it. I was surprised he said it in the video. And then I was like, okay, so everyone's doing it, right? Like, I'm supposed to do this. Like, I'm a pro. So I start tanking. And then, like, two other people on the table are like, yo, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking, right? All right. So they start getting annoyed and, like, whatever. Obviously, the bubble bursts and I start playing faster. And like they're just still pissed. It's like, bro, like what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is like nobody's doing this and you're doing this, right? Whatever. So I cash. I'm personally happy, right? About the situation. Right? My man, like, that like I still am an apology today. Like, he's like, he's like, Can you play faster? And I snap 
I just snap. Like I'm 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 from DR. Like I don't, don't talk to me, bro. I'm from the hood. If you say something, you gotta be ready. To, you gotta be ready for the clap back. Like I grew up underground New York. Like if you're not ready for the clap back, you gotta you just stay shut. So he's like, can you play faster? And I'm like, can you play better? <laughs> like quick with it. And he like the table's like, oh. <laughs> But he didn't, I'm sure he didn't like that. I mean, I wouldn't have liked it. No, I he mean, hates your guts. Yeah, he probably hates my guts. But, you know, I will officially, if you listen to this ever, maybe you don't listen. Maybe you do. Maybe you secretly like me and, like, you just tell yourself you don't like me. But this is an official apology to that person. If if you listen to, to this, I am truly sorry for saying that that person back there is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> he should never tag. He should never say that. And honestly, I would have given that motherfucker a penalty. Three penalties. I might have banned. I might have DQ'd that yeah. fucking kid. You yeah. Know? That's crazy. So, yeah, I got you. The live environment is very cooperative in that sense. Uh, and I mean, I, mean, I guess maybe uh, you could say that the online environment is as well just the exact opposite occurs. Like everybody understands you're supposed to bank. So they all do. Right. And they cooperate in that sort of way in the live environment. It's, it's kind of similar in the sense that it's a social game more so than an EV derived game. Yes. So they cooperate and say like, Hey, you're a bad actor. Mm -hmm. You're, you're slowing down the pace of the game. You're ruining the, the structure of the tournament. The experience is shitty. I'm not seeing any hands. I don't care if you banking is making me money. That's not what I'm here for necessarily, mm. right? Like no one cares about a min cash. There's this arrogance amongst live pros specifically where it's like min cashing is for, for pussies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's about the top prize. Yeah. And the only way we're going to get to that top prize is accumulating in times when we can accumulate. And the bubble is one of them, especially if you're a risk taker. Yeah, it was one of those things where it's like I went back and looked at the at the hidden mob and it was like I got like 13th. I'm like, Good. You got punished. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you got punished. 13th. That's not shit. That's almost there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's one of those things where I look back at it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, so to finalize the story, years go by, right? And this this private game comes up, whatever. And it's like, no, I don't like playing with that kid. He's played slow. And, I, and then I'm like, when did that happen? And then like, I was like, who was it? Whatever. And then like, he, you said like who it was. And I was like, yeah, that happened. Yeah. And like, that's not, that, that really happened. Like, yeah. And you're like, yeah, so you're not allowed to play. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, like, I agree. I shouldn't be allowed to play. Like, that's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'll find a way to make it right. But like, for now, I completely agree. That's cool. Yeah. You know? But the moral of the story is that like, and, and I spoke to this with like, you know, a couple people. It's like, and like, they told me, it's like, literally everything you do at the table, like, conveys information yeah and pretty much that's a good one that's a good one it conveys information you can't be playing all loosey goosey yeah. in a sandwich yeah but like effectively like don't take every like don't think like oh like this thing that you're doing right now like doesn't matter like it matters because like it could come back that's the big difference between live and online you're judged by yeah. every single second that you're sitting at the table not mm-hmm. necessarily the hands that you play not necessarily everything else you're judged by literally every action that you take mm-hmm. and you know it, Conversely, a lot happens in the opposite online where all you have to judge are the mechanics. So, you know, there are a lot of people who think I'm just getting lambasted online because mechanically I'm not in accordance to the sim. Yeah. Right. But like, I think that there's a hard line in the sand to draw that people don't really recognize. And that is the the major benefit to playing as close to a GTO approximated style as possible is that you can mass multi-table mm-hmm. and you can put in loads of volume. Right. 
So that's the biggest reason to want a protected strategy is so that you don't have to worry about deviating, right? You never have to deal with any sort of uh, alterations to your strategy. You just try to execute to the best of your absolute ability and hope that the pool tendencies aren't exploiting you in any sort of capacity. And then you just take that edge, whatever it may be, one big blind per per hundred or, or 10, whatever, and you try to extrapolate it out now over tens of thousands or millions of hands. Yes. That's not how I play poker and that's not how I've learned poker, right? I, I, I've been destroying online WSOP pool and mainly it's because I'm one tabling high stakes, yeah. which is directly paralleled to live. So it's like there are a lot of situations where I choose a suboptimal size because I know my opposition. I know that he'll pay more frequently versus this size and bluff more frequently versus that size. I know that like he'll lose value versus a certain size, right? There was a specific hand where um, I had top pair, top kicker on in a three-bet pot uh, where Shea Theodore uh, rivered two pair with 5-4. And uh, it was a run out where I could have, or I should have, I guess, um, obviously selected the largest size uh, on the river. I can't remember what the SPR was. Yeah. But we it was, it was somewhere between one and two. So, uh, you know, my river sizing should have been somewhere between pot and a shove. Yes. Um, but I chose like uh, 60% pot. And the reason being was that I understand the way, or at least my experience with him, uh, both live and online, I have a pretty good comprehension of how he thinks himself through these, these spots. Through and, the tree, through the tree. Right. And he's just going to arrive at river with a zero bluffing frequency versus my size. And his bluff catchers, in my opinion, aren't going to be nearly as wide as they should be. So it's like uh, when I have top pair, top kick, I think I'm getting bluff caught by like top pair plus. And I don't think that he's going to find like hero calls with like middle pairs that have found their way to the river. And it so happened that he rivered two pair and didn't shove. And that's another byproduct of choosing this size. It's interesting when he doesn't shove two pair. That means when he lands on the... So this is a, this is a really interesting little game, right? Let's run through this game. So this is a pretty kind of famous-ish hand now. So if villain on river, like we don't really even have to recount the hand, but if villain on river lands with two pair and he doesn't shove, that means his bluff catchers are so strong on the river generally that when you do overbet, he can actually start folding some hands. Right. Which, which what, makes your overbet a little which bit... Which is what I was accounting for. Which is, makes your overbet a little bit less good, maybe potentially even bad, when he starts folding right. and then retains bluff catchers that are actually stronger. Right. And I can almost certainly fold uh, with with like 100% execution versus a shove. Yes. Despite being laid a good price. Because if he's not shoving two pair, it's now a set plus. Right. And uh, the wheel came in through the river, uh, I, I believe, on a two-tone board. So it's like he's going to have one or two combinations yeah, it's of like nuts. It's interesting. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like it, once you see him not shove two pair, it becomes a little bit of a game where it's like, well, then his bluff catchers are pretty strong because like he can start folding some. And this is what hits. exploiting is, right? It's it's knowing what the baseline is, knowing what the betting matrix of baseline is, right? It's, it's you know, I, I think I went like third pot 75% and then it's going to be like 125 plus on mm -hmm. the river. No, understanding that betting matrix, and then just recognizing what the response is from an opponent's range that you're rather intimate with, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, if I understand what the funneling mechanism of that range is, flop, turn, and river, now all of a sudden, betting river at all becomes thin. And, you know, I'm near top, so I still have a clear bet, but I have to size down now to try to capture more hands and lay a better price 
to a range that maybe not is not as wide as it should be given the line work through which we got here. So talk to me now. We one of the things I text you, like, you know, I've been doing these like fucking marathon sessions every day at Bellagio. Mm. And I'm like, listen, I get it. Okay. I run this. I run this. Mm-hmm. And you know why? It's because I know now that clairvoyance is worth everything. Like, sure. I know I'm like superheroing everything. Like, uh, it's like I'll fold Ace King pre fly, and then I'll call you with third pair. It's because you're a social genius. That's that's actually I've become that I've noticed that that is actually a fact. Yo, we have so many clothing lines available to us. I'm telling you, man. Child I'm, of the Sim. Child of the Social Sim, Genius. Tap tap. Tap. People are waiting for tap tap. Tap tap's gonna be nice. Tap tap. Social Genius and Child of the Sim. Yeah. That's the next three. Yeah. They got three. But if you haven't gotten one, <laughs> you should buy our new merch. We got the Alpha Rec merch designed by yours. You're a fucking designer. That's weird. I just learned how to use Photoshop like a year ago. Matt LeBerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's part of being left-handed, man. Matt LeBerk. Mm-hmm. From France. Mm. Mock. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't all my doing. Uh, we have a great intern, uh, Robert, who mm. uh, kind of took my rudimentary design, cleaned it up, made it look a lot better, threw it in a spade. Always smart to throw it in a spade. Mm. It just makes things clean. Mark Jacob. <laughs> Matt LeBach. <laughs> sure, sure. All right. So then, okay. So crazy shit. It was, it was, it was wild. Um, and there's people that judge you. Like, you know, one of the, the Andrew Brokers made a, made a quick, uh, quick tweet back at me and said like, because I tweeted, I was like, oh, I went to the bathroom, came back. Um, and... I like I saw I missed my straddle, so I threw it in the middle. Like I just threw it in the ante. Yeah. Um. And I just no one said anything, and everyone was like, "Oh shit, nice, thanks." Whatever. Like whatever. Um. And he's like, "Oh, I judge people like heavily on this. Like, mm-hmm. like it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, people are watching you. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like whatever." Um. Anyway, off, off, off the topic. Oh, we're on. Clairvoyance. <laughs> fucking Matt LeBerg fucking threw me off. Um. So clairvoyance, right? That's my biggest question that I text you, right? was how much is clairvoyance worth? And I've, I've been asking this to like Chewy and because it was like, it was a thing that came up with Landon a lot. Yeah. It was like, it's like, he doesn't have clairvoyance. Right. Like he doesn't work under that. He's yeah, a, yeah. he's a child of the sim right now. Right. So what is like, what is clairvoyance and why is it like, what is it? Like, what is it tangibly worth? So clairvoyance in the, in the functionality of the poker realm is having relatively high confidence on imperfect information Mm -hmm. so it's being able to uh, effectively um you know see into the the (laughs) unknown if you will right those two whole cards it's being able to to see with relative confidence what that range actually breaks down to um and obviously it's worth everything it's the, the the reason why poker is challenging and the reason why it's so complex and so difficult to solve is because it's a game of imperfect information. Yes. If you make it perfect, it becomes more solvable than chess, right? If we just turn everybody's cards face up, right. the the tree reduces to near zero. Yeah, it's easy. Right? I mean, that's, but that's it's, yeah, exaggerated. But it's, but, but it's easy, way easier. For sure, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's very much a simplified version if uh, cards are just face up and information becomes perfect. So that is the major difference. Like people want to compare poker and chess all the time. One is very wicked and one is very kind. Chess is a, is a complete board. You know, it's how we did there, by the way. Huh? That's how we did there with a little wicked and kind. I don't know. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) I just finished range. It's a great book. (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, ch chess is a very cooperative environment in that regards, right? It's very kind. There's a complete board. So there's a finite endpoint. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're getting better and better at reverse engineering the pathways towards it. There's been, I don't know how many iterations of Stockfish at this point, And uh, now Alpha Zero has blown all of those out of the water. So the Sims just keep getting better. And that'll happen in poker too. Yeah. But poker is far more chaotic. It's It's more wicked, right? There's a multiplayer facet to it. That means that the variables are always variable in nature. You can never pin them down to a constant. Yes. Right. So the the difference is like if you start with chess and you have an opening move and an opening counter, right? That 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 truncates the tree already tremendously. But if you have an under the gun open to, and then uh, straddle, well, and, forget all that. Oh. Don't complicate it. Right. Okay. You just have an under the gun open with let's say a static range, like a range that we are confident in or clairvoyant in. Mm. And then we have an action taken by under the gun two while there are still six people left to act. That's hard to replicate because that unique environment, right? Like in a simulated world, we can we can nail it down. Yeah. Because it's gonna be poker snowy one in seat one, poker snowy two, three, four, five, six, seven, right? Right. But in real world applications, it's going to be Uncle Joe under the gun one this time. Matt LeBurk under the under right, two. and then the next time it's going to be Chin. Yeah, and you know it's going to be Uncle Joe who opened, and like just the interchanging of right. all of the potential options makes the variable nature of the game impossible to pin down. Yeah, and that alone makes it you know very very wicked in attempting to find these vacuum solves. And, you know, that's been the big discussion with us and Landon as of late, you know, now that he's gotten a little live experience, it's reasonably high stakes. It's like the problem is, is the second that you leave the vacuum, the second you leave the lab, assumptions go haywire mm -hmm. because he's still human. He still looks at seat two and goes, this guy's fucking old, man. He just doesn't have the range that the 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 monker solve would have here right you know and it's like and not only does he not have that range but it's not even close and i don't know how to estimate it yeah so at that point clairvoyance becomes worth everything and i asked him point blank i go would you exchange every bit of strategic knowledge you have for utter clairvoyance over the field and he said of course and yeah. uh, obviously you would right like you don't need that complex of a strategy if you have perfect information on each opponent yeah one of the things is like i've made friends with a lot of like I would say probably the two best players at 510 Bellagio are like friend like friends with me. Yeah. And I know what they're doing. Sure. Okay. Like don't try to you motherfuckers, you think I don't know? I'm fucking I know, okay? Like I know you guys are trying to be friends, so I don't three bet you. Like <laughs> it's still coming. The 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 three of us gotta fly, okay? But anyway, they're they're actually like pretty nice. And then they show up every day at five AM mm -hmm. and I'm like, You guys you guys are sick. Yeah. Like one you know, five AM and they play, whatever. So shout out to Adam and Sunrise, whatever. Um, and they're like, they text me. They're like, you're so out of line. How do you win? Like, right. and I'm like, I just know. Like, I literally just say like, I just know. Like, I just know I could get away with this. And like, it's not even knowing you know? it's, it's, it's giving yourself the opportunity, right? The big thing about live poker and quite frankly, the WSOP, the WSOP online pool, as I've noticed it so far, is that there's a lot of money being left on the table. And if you abide by some strict guideline of this is what the sim says I have to do in this particular instance, or these are at least the guidelines that I'm supposed to utilize in this instance, mm -hmm. and I don't want to color too far outside the lines. If you abide by that, what happens is you let you just 
go heads up versus the VIP over and over and over and yeah, over and over. That's what happens. Yeah. I just I just open and open and flat the button or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, and then like, you know, for me, it's one of those things where I was like, I kind of feel like at least I hope that like I leave the pool soon, right? Like up, right? Yeah. So I tell them I'm like, I'm not gonna get out of line versus you. Like yeah. I'm not out of line. Like against you, I don't have the hands that you think I have against him. Right. Like. Like I have good hands. Like I'm not gonna just like hit you with the seven four suited flat. Like I'm not gonna from the button. Right. Because like I think I can like win. Right. You know? Not even the seven five suit. I'm just gonna fold. Like, you know? Um and they're like, Yeah, I mean, but like how do you like what ranges do you play? And I'm like, like, like what sorry, the exact thing is like what like like actual like range converter <laughs> things were you using? I'm like Listen, man, like, yeah. I'm not on that. Like, right. like I've seen them. I've I've skimmed them, but I'm not on the like, oh, this is my hand here. Like, I know yeah. what I should open at 200 big blinds. I know like how to defend versus three. Back. Like, but I'm not going to like be running ranges versus like this person that just came from the club. Right. Like, so whatever. All right. So clairvoyance is the thing. It's 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 why I think I make money because i feel like clairvoyance and social genius is like the same well, well uh, on some level it is because what's happening is you're circumventing the data right there's no way to collect mass data live but there is a way to get a feel for it mm. like we're very good at that as human beings we're very good at stereotyping we're very good at exchanging subtle uh subconscious information with one another that will shape our beliefs and our biases moving forward now the level of accuracy on there is debatable Right, you'll never have 100% clairvoyance over any spot. Of course not. But there are a lot of spots where you can have like 90% certainty. Yeah. You know, there there are situations to fold kings pre live because you can be 90% certain that old man Joe just only fucking has aces here. Yeah. And if 10% of the time he shows up with another hand, you're willing to just then just give live it with it. Give it yeah. Up. yeah, yeah. It's like you understand there's a margin of error here, but it's not so great that it's worth you stacking off a big number in a spot where this guy's never five bet a day in his life. Yeah, that's facts. So it's like, yeah. So understanding, like, this is what Nick does with mass pool data uh, or mass pool data analysis online, right? Is he's able to get clairvoyance over the pool in areas that they make pretty egregious errors, right? We do that live all the time. We just do it without the 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 clarification of seeing the data, Yeah. right? Yeah. But we can still do it with a layer of confidence. Nick can maybe do it with like a 99 degree percent of certainty, right? Depending. And he has to do it a lot. So it's right. just like he just clicks the button. Even yeah. when it's all, even wrong. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, if, it's he's like, in the, if he's in the 1% to 2% margin of error, it's like, so what? It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. You'll get that spot a million times yeah. over and it'll be right. Even if he's right 80%, right. Like it doesn't matter. Like he just like repeats it infinite times because he's online. Yeah. So you know but like for us, it's like 70% degree of confidence is really fucking high. Yeah, very high. You know, it's like that's that's the big reason why there are children of the sim. The whole reason that people are buying into, I shouldn't say buying into as if like it's some made up uh, notion, but like, you know, game theory has always been a thing. Poker has always lent itself to game theory, but game theory isn't, isn't as clean as people would like to believe it to be in this environment, right? There's a lot of natural tweaking that takes place, same as game theory applied to economics, which was its original source, right? The the big thing that the over the the uh, overlording thing of economics that game theory struggles with is behavioral economics. Yeah, and it's the same thing live, right? That's Specifically right. live. We're dealing with behavioral economics in yeah, a sense. Yeah, that's facts. So like we have to tweak the game theory model in a way that deals for irrational actors. 
Because the first line of game theory study is two rational actors uh, developing strategies that mm -hmm. converge on Nash equilibrium, right? Yes. Well, the second you enter an irrational actor, everything changes. You know, the sim doesn't necessarily break, but it bends. Yeah. And we don't take we we don't we take that for granted as a collection, right? So the whole purpose of of going down that path and wanting to pursue that path is simple confidence. It increases your confidence interval every time you find yourself in a spot. You say, I've seen a sim on this, and I know that I'm supposed to bet 75% on this texture from this formation with this hand range. So I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna execute and I'm gonna live with the results. And it's easy to sleep at night that way. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, these these children like to sleep tight. <laughs> You know, they like the little blanket. Yeah, tucked they like in. They like tucked in little milk. A little nightcap. Yeah, not nightcap. They get their fucking chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate milk. Mommy texts them like, you sleeping good, baby? You call right? You made the right play? That's Peel said it was good. I sleep like a baby. I just don't fold. I know. I fucking saw you play 150K pot with fucking one pair. It was good. And then I yelled like, you guys are bluffing Berkey. You crazy as hell. But you make a set, you just get paid everything. Just wait. Just fucking wait. Just wait. It's hard to wait. Person jumped out their seat like, do you just fall? Can you just fall? And you're like, nah. No. I'm like, this kid's crazy. This fucking alpha wreck. Try to bluff an alpha wreck. <laughs> bluff the children. Yeah. All right. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. This was a pretty wild episode. We had a lot of uh, like... This is like Tales of the Tape. Like, no, not Tales of the Tape. Like, Tales of... Well, tales from the Crypt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just Tales. Sure. Is, we'll call this episode Tales. Uh, no, but I, I like this episode. This was one of those where, like, they get a little bit of, like, a little peek behind the, the glass. You know, like... I don't know. It's fun. It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's one of those where it's like, there was a lot of strategy. But there was also a lot of stories. You know? JRB tells the best stories, man. I, I'll pay any rake to play with JRB. If JRB wants to play, like... What was the rate they charging on GG now? Infinite, like whatever, like yeah. uncapped rate. I'll play uncapped rate to play with JRB. Mm. Not because I don't think, uh, I think JRB is not a fish, but like uh, his stories are worth like, and an, he has like all the stories. Man. I love JRB. <laughs> he's a phenomenal storyteller. But if I'm in the room and he's telling a fucking story, I can promise you it's an indirect needle. Me. <laughs> I can promise you. The first fucking story he tells last night. Yes, yeah, that's true. The first story he tells is about the night where he beat me king, or aces versus kings yes. out of a half a million. I tuck my tail, walk out, bump into the chairman on my way, <laughs> and then he plays for three days straight, running it up to five million. Yes. Could have been me. He's, That's how the story always ends. Could have just as easily been you, Matt. <laughs> That's true. Could have just, just as easily been literally you. Literally, he looks at me. He's like, he's like, he's like, oh yeah, like I like Berkey, whatever. And uh and he's like, the condo I live in now is because of Berkey. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know this story. I know this story. Yeah. And then he proceeds to tell the story. And he's it's like, true. yeah. He's like, yeah, then now I have a Bentley. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> just like, he's like, yeah, I mean, my entire life is done. Like, he just, he just, everything, he just keeps adding on yeah. to it. Like, yeah. And he's like saying it like, just loud enough. Yeah. Or no, like, I, you, I know. you know, I know. Like, uh, man, for those of you that know this story like that's a that's a classic uh, all right i hope you all enjoyed this episode number 13 season number two if you haven't liked and subscribed come on man where are you gonna get these fucking stories this is the realest fucking podcast in, the, in all of poker 
Shout out to all the other podcasts out there. Like, you know, Auntie Chardonnay, she's from the show. With that said, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it, man. I know what I know.